This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. I feel that the museum should reflect the community. It helps to strengthen our identity and strengthen our sense of not only ourselves, but what we can do for one another. Explained Melanie Boyle, Managing Director of the Cortez Island Museum and Archives. One of the museum's mottos is reflect, imagine, celebrate. I'd like to think of it as reflect on the past, imagine the future, and celebrate what we have today. I look at the museum as a visitor's information booth and a museum, which actually just makes us automatically a visitor's hub. Added Laura Balducci, the museum's outgoing program and events coordinator. Balducci does not want to leave, and the museum does not want to see her go, They've wanted to hire a program and events coordinator for a very long time, and a grant made it possible this year. They hope to secure funding to rehire her next spring. We hope that all that we do here at the Museum and Archives looks effortless, <laughs> like it just magically happens. That's our goal. <laughs> but we know how much hard work is put into it. Behind the scenes, it's really rewarding work. What are the pillars that the museum rests on? Funding volunteer commitment and community support. I'd say the community engagement, whether just coming forward with a good idea or stepping forward to be able to help bake cookies for the film festival and attendance. Come to our events, have a good time. Sign our guest book. The more signatures we get in the guest book, the better it is for our possible grants and stuff like that. We need people to come. We keep our programs free by donation, and there's a reason for that. We really want to make all our programming accessible so that everybody can participate and enjoy. Please come and visit us if you can, make a donation. We really appreciate that. That helps us to keep the lights on, the doors open, and be able to also offer more programming. It's just like a great cycle, isn't it? Yeah. We're always looking for new general membership, of course, but also board members. The board does a fabulous job. They're all volunteers. Check out our organization, and if you would like to participate on any level, we welcome new board members to the Museum and Archives. We need more volunteers for setups, teardowns, baking, offering to put out posters for all of our events and programs and exhibitions. We're looking for... If you have any plants in your garden, you could like offer some of your plants for our garden to keep things fresh. Volunteer online, on socials. If you see us sharing a poster, feel free to share it. That's volunteering. That's helping that spread the word. So there's many different directions that volunteers help. If we have events at the hall, we need help behind the concession. We need help doing dishes, cleanup. Say if we have 50 chairs, well, there's 50 chairs that go out. There's 50 chairs that need to be put back. That's 100 chairs being moved. That's a lot of work at 10 o'clock at night for the people who have put in hours and hours and hours and hours before and at and everything. So there's lots of room for lots of volunteers. <laughs> Baked goods all summer long for each event, yeah. <laughs> She also had a list of things that needed to be funded. We needed for supplies, 
to be able to host and create programs. We need art supplies, paper, toilet paper, paper towel, garbage bags, laundry, treats to have at events. If we want to have a liquor license, we need booze money to be able to serve. We need a liquor license. We need insurance money. One of the reasons why we don't ever offer cocktails at our events is because it costs $120 for the license. Then you got to buy the alcohol. Do you charge for that or do you just hand it out? You got to figure all that out. If you want to have X amount of people at the event, you have to pay a little extra to your insurance. Not having funding for any of our events ahead of time kind of changes how we do our events. For example, art in the garden. It'd be really nice if we had art supplies and paper for each person that comes around to art in the garden. What we did this year is between the host and the coordinator, we volunteered or gifted our personal art supplies to make that component happen during that event for eight events. Is that right? To have people just using their own personal art supplies for everybody to enjoy? Or is it possible to have funding to make that happen that the museum would have their own little chest of art supplies to bring out for all these different events? Because often people will create stuff while they're being inspired by the artist in the garden. How about if we wanted to do something like just throwing something on the table? Creative spaces, garden tour. Well, we need signs for that. We need paper to make tickets for that or a wristband or something. Boyle pointed out they needed funds to pay honorariums for the speakers, artists, and writers who participate in museum events. Most museums have extra stuff they offer along with exhibits. It's not like we can go, oh yeah, we need funding for one specific thing. We don't do just one specific thing. We have many things we need funding for, and we can't even execute any of these things without knowing we have the funding to actually finish and produce the kind of situation that the museum would like to offer. Minimal funding, you get a minimal museum. What we've been able to offer due to funding is new exhibitions, and new exhibitions take a lot of work. They take a lot of cost, labor, time, all these factors, but at the same time, a new exhibition will generate a lot of new energy, and around that, new programming. The more support we have, the more we can offer in terms of new exhibitions. You may have walked into another museum that has had the same exhibition up for the last 10 years. Some people like that, but a lot of people find that it's very static. We've been really fortunate to be able to have these new exhibitions come in every year, sometimes even less than that. I hope that we meet the needs of the community and get new people to come in as well as visitors and expand our regular full-time demographic, reaching young people to older people and meet the needs of where they're at with what we can offer. It's the same situation for everybody here on this island. Having a steady stream of reliable funding. You can't really plan anything unless you have the money ahead of time. Having the money on March 1st to offer events and stuff, 
for March 2nd does not work. There's lots of hours that goes into organizing anything before the door opens to that event. I could put in 20 hours into one event that happens almost like a month ahead of time for the event. So if the museum wants to do stuff for February, they need somebody working and organizing that in January. There's a lot of organizing and planning and communication and details and follow-ups, posters, etc. That has to happen before any of these things happen. Next week, which would be October 30th, we have our last program of a really active season. It's an origami and haiku workshop given by Soma Feldmar. Laura Balducci, our events and program coordinator, worked really well with Soma to develop the program. It's free by donation. There's only a few seats left, so phone in and register. The program and event coordinator position started July 1st on contract till November 1st. And that involved working with different artists and presentators and authors and talkers. We created many events in all sorts of artistic mediums. I feel like it was pretty well received by visitors and locals. We had a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. Art was produced and books were sold and... We learned about bees. We had a vintage film fest with popcorn and stuff. There was a Japanese-Canadian heritage cooking workshop and Japanese-Canadian textiles and so forth. It was all pretty fun. So that kept me quite busy as the coordinator. Now we're just sort of finishing up that position. There's been lots of thoughts and brainstorms for 2023, and we're just sort of going to ride it out and see what happens. Her contract started July 1st. I'm fairly new in my position, but my understanding was that this was a long-time wish from the museum and archives to create a program that would really connect what we do here with the community, so bring that level of engagement out. We were really fortunate, and the doors always remained open during the pandemic, but with extra funding, which was given to cultural and arts cultural organizations across the province. We were able to fund the position that Laura did such a beautiful job fulfilling all season. It was great timing because we had a lot on the go. So that's this position and it was a a long time wish to really address that level of engagement but also to offload some of the responsibilities and just time commitment that fell on the shoulders of the managing director and the committed board who volunteer endlessly, and just our membership in general. On many fronts, it was hugely successful. It was really, really good. This is a position we would love to keep going next year. Ongoing funding is always an issue with the museum. We've been very, very fortunate to have the support of government, local, as well as sort of provincial government. But it does require applying for grants every year, and it's a huge undertaking. Anyone who would step through the doors while we're in the middle of it would attest to what a grueling process. We submit and hold our breath. If everything comes through, we really hope to have that position open again. Ideally, it would start early spring to capture the interest from the schools in June to have programming. And all the way through the summer season, the busy, silly season, as Laura likes to say, (laughs) until fall. That's our wish. But it does tie in with funding, ties in with people stepping forward from the community. What we noticed this year, there were positions open, and we were really lucky to fill it. 
The Cortez Museum hired two students, one of which worked in the Wild Cortez exhibit on Linnea Farm. We're going to be having a membership drive coming up at the end of this month. So look for a summary of all that we've been able to offer this year and what we can look forward to next year. The traveling portion of the current exhibition we have on loan from the Nikkei National Museum needs to be returned by the end of November. So that exhibition will come down November 27th. There will be a period of time when the museum galleries are open, meaning they'll be empty, and we'll be installing the new exhibition. So, Our next exhibition at the museum is going to feature maps and artifacts relating to maps in our collection. The larger idea behind the exhibition is really finding ways to pass on our knowledge and our experience of the land. All animals, all humans find their way across the landscape and have ways to communicate that, whether it's by wind patterns or wave patterns or oral traditions. Maps are just one aspect, but we have a really interesting collection and we would like to feature some of the elements from it. So that opens mid-December, targeted date, to be determined. The museum is open Friday and Saturdays, 12 to 4 from October on for the winter, which includes our exhibitions and our store with books and cards and many items that are pretty cool. Presents or gifts or stocking stuffers come and support the artists and writers on island. It's a way to support the community, support the museum, support your local artists. You've been listening to an interview with Melanie Boyle and Laura Balducci about the things that keep the Cortez Island Museum going. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.